Okay, we're continuing in Joshua. So if you have your Bibles and want to turn, we're in Joshua chapter 13. And I don't know about you, but I can just speak for me and I can guess about you. But when I read my Bible and I hit passages like we're starting now, in fact, the whole rest, four, five, six, seven chapters in Joshua, I read it. I do. Yes, I do. But I can't say I get much out of it. It's like a work. It's like something I just feel like I gotta push through because when it starts talking about Baal Peoreth and Naabara and the places and all the places, and I I'm sometimes even if I study, I'll get out my maps and I'll look at the nice colored areas and, and, and all those things. And don't think I'm against maps. I'm gonna show you a map next week, I will, I promise. It'll have nice colored areas on it. But I don't understand what it is I'm doing. I don't get driven home the joy of what Scripture is. And and First Timothy says that all Scripture is profitable for me, and I know that it is, and, and yet sometimes I feel like I just have to take it on faith, and I don't understand, and I push through. And if that's where you are, I want to open this passage to you today. It's Joshua. It's about the giving of the land. And Joshua's really, really, it's, there's two parts to the book of Joshua, and you could summarize it like the great statement used to be divide and conquer, like if you split people up, then it's easier to beat. It's reverse in Joshua, it's conquer and divide. All the conquering, all the giving, and all the, the God goes before Israel, all the sun standing still, all the wonderful conquest, that happens first. And then comes all these chapters of God giving out specific parcels of the land of Israel. And he does it to the different tribes. And, and so that's what we start now, and we do that. So here's what I want you to get today. I'm going to tell you up front what I want you to get. I want you to be able to answer this question for me and have it settle in your heart. Here it is. What is your inheritance? What is it? I want you to be able to name it. I want you to know. Because I think as we read this passage, as we start to think of it, there's a few clues in here for you and I to take away where we see from the Old Testament the heart of God, our God, for you. So that's what we're going to be doing. Even though it seems mind-numbing and irrelevant, I'm, I'm telling you it's not. These people get their inheritance, and we get to see it and think about it and consider it. So Joshua chapter 13, if, if you want to... Follow along. I will put it on the on the board as well, but in your Bibles is great. Verse 1. Now Joshua was old and advanced in years. And Yahweh said to him, you are old and advanced in years. It's really cool how God knows these things. <laughs> and there remains yet very much land to possess. This is the land that yet remains. All the regions of the Philistines and all those of the Geshurites from the Shehor, which is east of Egypt, northward to the boundary of Ekron, it is counted as Canaanite. There are five rulers of the Philistines, those of Gaza, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gath, Gath, and Ekron, and those of Avim in the south, and all the land of the Canaanites, and in Mirah that belonged to the Sidonians, to Aphek, to the boundary of the Amorites, and the land of the Gebelites, and all Lebanon toward the sunrise, from Baal, Gad, below Mount Hermon, to Lebo, Hamath, 
all the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon to Misripoth, Maim, even the Sidonians, all of them. I myself will drive them out from before the people of Israel. Only allot the land to Israel for an inheritance, as I've commanded you. Now, therefore, divide this land for an inheritance to the nine tribes and half the tribe of Manasseh. So this, this marks this divide in the book where now we've turned. And, and what's going to happen is dividing the land. And by lot, by how things fell, and the Lord directs those things, that they would get these nine and a half tribes, their inheritance. You say, well, nine and a half. Well, why nine and a half and not twelve? Well, it's because the two and a half tribes, right, that, that wanted their inheritance outside the promised land. And so first we're going to get in here what they got. That's what we get to hear this morning. And, and really just, just as you hear these things, don't think of these place names. Think of a land flowing with milk and honey. Think of a place of wonderful bounty. And God is giving it individually by clan, by tribe, and by clan. And so each family would have their place, and they would have something that would provide for them, just like the manna from heaven that's no longer to come. But now the earth itself is going to provide for them, and God is giving. And we get to hear it. So just, just listen. Verse 8, With the other half of the tribe of Manasseh, the Reubenites and the Gadites received their inheritance which Moses gave them beyond the Jordan eastward, as Moses the servant of Yahweh gave them from Arior, which is on the edge of the valley of Arnon, and the city that's in the middle of the valley, and all the tableland of Mediba as far as Dibon, and all the cities of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, as far as the boundary of the Ammonites, and Gilead, and the region of the Geshurites and the Maacathites, and all Mount Hermon, and all Bashan to Salakah, and all the kingdom of Og in Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth and in Edri, he alone was left of the remnant of the Rephaim. We remember that. These Moses had struck and driven out. Yet the people of Israel did not drive out the Geshurites or the Maacathites, but Geshur and Maacath dwell in the midst of Israel to this day. Okay, we realize that's going to be a problem. But honestly, it's a problem for another day. We'll talk about it. It's not going to go away. This is a problem. They were supposed to drive them out. In fact, God himself says he's going to drive out some of these Canaanites, but here these people aren't. They still got the land. The land that was ripped from the Rephaim by God himself and then just given as an inheritance to Reuben and Gad. But... but not to Levi, right? Huh? Yeah, that's the next verse, right? To the tribe of Levi alone, Moses gave no inheritance. The offerings by fire to Yahweh, God of Israel, are their inheritance, as he said to him. They didn't get land. Okay, so listen. And Moses gave an inheritance to the tribe of the people of Reuben, 
Okay, so what we just heard was, yes, this whole land east over here, Ogden and, and Sihon, and this, this was given to these two and a half tribes, and now we're going to look at each tribe, and it's going from the south and go north, and he's just going to tell you the actual land. So here, to the people of Reuben, according to their clan. So their territory was from Arorer, which is on the valley edge of the valley of the Arnon, and the city that's in the middle of the valley, and all the tableland by Mediba with Heshbon, and all its cities that are in the tableland, Demon and Bamoth Baal and Beth Baal Maon and Jahaz and Kedemoth and Mephaoth and Kiriathame and Sidmah and Zareth Shashar on the hill of the valley and Beth Peor on the slopes of Pisgah and Beth Jeshemoth and that is all the cities of the tableland and all the kingdom of Sihon king of the Amorites who reigned in Heshbon whom Moses defeated with the leaders of Midian Evi, Rechem, Zur and Hur and Reba, the princes of Sihon, who lived in the land. Okay. Well then. Yeah, he's not done. <laughs> he keeps going. Balaam also, the son of Baor, the one who practiced divination. Oh, I remember him. He was the guy on the donkey. I remember the angel and then he... He was killed with the sword by the people of Israel among the rest of their slain. That's almost for a little break for us. <laughs> because then he keeps going. And the border of the people of Reuben was the Jordan as a boundary. This was the inheritance of the people of Reuben according to their clans with their cities and their villages. Okay, that was Reuben's gift. Each clan getting specific areas. Now there's Gad. Moses gave an inheritance also to the tribe of Gad. To the people of Gad, according to their clans, their territory was Jazer and all the cities of Gilead and half the land of the Ammonites to the Arior, which is east of Rabbah, and from Heshbon to Ramath Mizpah and Betonim and from Manaim to the territory of Debir, and in the valley Beth Haram, Beth Nimrah, Succoth and Zaphon, the rest of the kingdom of Sihon of Heshbon, having the Jordan as a boundary to the lower end of the Sea of Chinnereth eastward, beyond the Jordan. This is the inheritance of the people of Gad, according to their clans, with their cities and villages. Okay, I, I, I know where you're going. I know either you're getting bored. You know, I have no idea where all these places are. Or you're going like, why aren't we looking them up? Where is this? And I'm just telling you, it's east of Israel, along the Jordan, going from the south, moving northward. There's a reason why this is here. And Moses gave an inheritance to the half-tribe of Manasseh. It was allotted to the half-tribe of the people of Manasseh according to their clans. Their region extended from Manaim through all Bashan, the whole kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, and all the towns of Jair, which are in Bashan, 60 cities, and half Gilead, and Ashtaroth, and Edrai, the cities of the kingdom of Og in Bashan. These were allotted to the people of Machir, the sons of Manasseh, for the half of the people of Machir, according to their clans. These are the inheritances that Moses distributed in the plains of Moab, beyond the Jordan, east of Jericho. Fantastic. All of this text, all of these places that some of them lost to history, this is over 3,000 years ago, this 
places we don't understand. But don't you realize something, right, as you listen to all the places? And occasionally it says, wow, 60 cities, this is amazing. That, 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 that what's happening is that we're hearing of what Moses did and what's going to be reflected in the rest of the nine and a half tribes of specific land given as an inheritance to God's people by God's command. Their inheritance. It's specific. It's not some blessing in the sky, some far-off, non-tangible thing. It was real. Their land, the promised land, it was actually given. And, and sometimes it's good for us to just hear, hear that God gives good things and he gives it specifically to people. Every person, what exactly he has for them. We have a good God and he gives good specific things. But, but even as I say that, uh, there's a problem. What's the problem? Well, it's a little hard when you just hear the place names, but, but it's not if you go look at all or if you're a real estate guy at all. All places aren't the same, are they? There are places that have wonderful arid uh, milk and honey things grow, and there's desert there's my land and there's your land. Who do you think I land I like better? Yours. You start hearing about all the good things God gives and you wait a minute. God doesn't give equally. The half tribe of Manasseh got this massive big piece of land and the 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 Reubenites, the older he piece older. He, he didn't he didn't, they got on this piece over here. Wait a minute, I want their land. God doesn't give equally. Not here, he doesn't. Everybody didn't get 3.2 hectares. I didn't say that right, huh? Can you say acres? Everybody didn't get five acres. Or 500. Take it in that God's not equal. I think it's very important. God gives un equally in some sense here in this text, and particularly in one area, and it's been mentioned already in verse 14 that we read, but now again, it comes again right here. Verse 33, but to the tribe of Levi, Moses gave no inheritance. Yahweh God of Israel is their inheritance, just as he said to them. That's the second time he said that. It must be important. Whenever you start seeing repeated stuff, in verse 14, he says, hey, they didn't get an inheritance. And now here in verse 33, he says it again, they, they're not getting an inheritance. This is important. Reuben gets theirs. Gad gets theirs. Half of Manasseh gets theirs. We're going to go on to the other nine and a half. But nothing for Levi. God is their inheritance. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's quite a fine sentiment, but what does it mean? Because it's fine for me to say, oh, God's God bless you. But he gave them land. Let's let's look ahead just a little bit in chapter 14. We're only going to do a few verses here. But it's the same thought. It says, These are the inheritance that the people of Israel received in the land of Canaan. Now we're on to the nine and a half, see. Which Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the heads of the fathers' houses of the tribes of the people of Israel gave them to inherit. This is their inheritance. Their inheritance was by lot. 
just as Yahweh had commanded by the hand of Moses for the nine and the one-half tribes. For Moses had given an inheritance to the two and one-half tribes beyond the Jordan. We just heard about that. But to the Levites he gave no inheritance among them. For the people of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim, and that's to describe to you why there's still 12 lots, you know, because there's the two and a half plus nine and a half, and that add those together, and even if you're challenged, you come out 12. But Levi gets nothing, so there should be 11. But no, there's not 11, because Joseph had two kids, and they gave a blessing to each one of them. So that's why it says that. But But the main point is, and no portion was given to the Levites in the land, but only cities to dwell in with their pasture lands for their livestock and their substance. The people of Israel did as Yahweh commanded Moses. They allotted the land. Yeah, they allotted it. They gave it out. They doled it out, parcel by parcel, piece by piece. They they, they, they did it. But you hear verse 4, right? For the third time in our text to make sure like a hammer it hits you over the head. And no portion was given to the Levites in the land. And, and this is the piece that I, I, I think you and I need to walk out with today. This is it. This is what I plead with you to consider. That each person gets an inheritance. There's no land for the hardworking priests. None for the ones who, who, who work to take care of the temple, to help people with sacrifices. And it, it, this is terrible. Everybody else does. The, 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 every, this is unfair. That's where my heart longs to go. This is how God thinks. There's something special going on. There's a reality here. And, and honestly, it's not about pastors and everybody else. <laughs> that's, that's not what I'm saying. Don't you dare think that. It's not, oh, yeah, boy, the Lord allows, you know, regular Christians to have lands and homes and things, but, but, but pastors, they should, they should live in a pastorage and not have those. People thought that sometimes during the centuries. They're drawing on this. It's, they're thinking wrong. That's not this. This is all the people got an inheritance, but not the priests. They seem to have gotten nothing, but they actually got what? God himself. That's what it says, right? That's what it said. Yahweh, God of Israel, is their inheritance, verse 33, just as he said. Everybody else got something from God. The Levites get God. Which would you rather have? Get serious with me for a minute. Because if I get serious with you, getting God sounds awesome, but I really long for the stuff from God. I really do want kids that are healthy, a job that's secure, land that's mine. I want, I want them both, maybe. I want God to help me get the stuff I want. They, that's where we have trouble. We would acknowledge jealousy. Is, you know, these priests are standing here. It's Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh. They get all this great stuff, and God says to, to, to the priest who's standing there watching, he says, hey, you get me. 
This is a place for us to go. Why is it a place for us to go? Because, because you have to answer my question today before you leave. What's your inheritance? What's your inheritance? Where do you think your inheritance is? And sometimes I step back and I make a, a, a blessing list or something like that. I think, well, my inheritance are my kids and my spouse. And, and boy, I got a home. And all those are from the Lord and I praise him for him. But I want to make sure you know this morning, those sorts of things are not your inheritance. They're not. God blesses you. God blesses me. We all have blessings all the time. We, we get to breathe. We get to exist. These are great things. They're not your inheritance. What is God's gift to you? And the reason why it's so important to me that you see it is that you are a priest, right? I know you're not a Levite. I know you're not in the line of Levites. I know that's not some massive personal thing. But God said to the priests, the people who minister to him, the, the special, those special people, he said, hey, those folks, you get no inheritance because I'm your inheritance. And then we fast forward to the New Testament and we realize you are a priest. It's not that we don't have a high priest, we do. He's not of a Levite line. He's the order of Melchizedek. We've studied Hebrews. We know these things. And yet we are brought in as a priesthood, right? Let me give you a couple of examples to make sure you see it. Here's 1 Peter chapter 2. It's a famous verse. You may know it well, but if you let me just read it. So you see it says, you are, it's talking about believers, people put their faith in Jesus. If you trust in Jesus, if that is your identity, I'm a, I'm a Christ follower, I'm a trust in Jesus person, then you are a chosen race, a what? Royal priesthood. A holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then you see, we're priests. We get God himself. We are his. Why, are, why? Why? To proclaim how awesome he is. Our God is so fantastic. Tasted Christ, haven't you? Oftentimes we don't read much of Revelation, but several places in Revelation, I'll just give you one. Here's one. He's talking about, um, about Christ. He says to him who has, loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. That's Jesus, right? He's freed us from our sins by his blood on, on the cross. He has made us a kingdom. W what are we? priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is John writing and he says, hey, hey, I look at you and I see that you are a kingdom of priests united to Jesus, proclaiming his excellencies. We're priests. We don't slay animals. We're not in the Levite line. But when you start talking about an inheritance, oh, this world may get land and things and all that stuff. I get Jesus. You get God himself. 
You know, priests declare the excellencies of God. Priests mediate. That's what they did, right? They mediated these things called confession and absolution, where, where they actually heard of, of people's sins and they, they spoke the, the, the radical truth of forgiveness to people. Isn't that what we do? I get to hear and you get to hear, not just the pastor. It's all of us together. We get to hear day by day, moment by moment. We get to see the failures and the, the terribleness of people. And we bring in the reality of the finished work of Jesus. And we say, hey, you know what? Walk in the light, brother. Be transparent because Jesus Christ paid for that sin. You're forgiven. That's a priestly action. This is our witness. Not come get better, but experience freedom to proclaim the excellencies of it is done. This is so radical. We aren't, we aren't Blessed by Jesus, we are, but that's not our, that's not our main thing is that we're not blessed by Jesus. We are in Jesus. That's the definition we get in the Bible over and over. That's in Christ Jesus is Paul's favorite term for what it means to be a Christian. Let, let me give you an example. Again, here's 1 Corinthians, it's chapter 1, verse 30 and 31. It says, and because of him, because of God, because of Yahweh, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. I'm boasting the Lord. Why? Because he is my portion. He's your portion too. Do you see how this matters? If you'll step back from me today and you'll realize I'm not looking for a piece of land from God. I'm not looking for the physical thing from God here on earth. He does give you all good things. He does give you every good thing we have. It's from God. Do not think for a moment that I'm not saying that. I am God. It's so good. I'm talking about your inheritance. And then when in 1 Peter it starts talking about how you and I, we are kept for an inheritance yet to be revealed. It will be revealed how you are part of the family of God. We've started to taste it now. We take communion. We identify with Jesus. But, but, but the reality that we have to answer is you say, what's my inheritance? My inheritance is God. Why is he in your inheritance? Because I'm in Christ. Why does that matter, Dax? Why is it so important that I'm hammering this home, that, that we got to see we're priests, and we're, as priests, God doesn't say, okay, I'm going to give you a little portion of land for you to be blessed by. God says, I give you me. This is so important because I'll tell you what, none of us have equal experiences in this life. And if you'll say, I get what my inheritance is, and my inheritance is not the stuff, my inheritance is not the activity that I get to be blessed by God for so many ways, and I'll count his blessings, that's not my inheritance, because it'll be taken away. Rust comes. Not Peter Rust, are they here? Thieves steal. Health goes away. Kids falter. Or maybe you don't even have them. Spouses are unfaithful. It's not an accusation. I'm a spouse. I mess up. Sin happens to you. This world fights you. You don't experience and you won't experience and you long for these things. You say, Lord, where's my inheritance? And you say, wait a second. If you can step back and say, my inheritance is God because that's what he's promised me. I'm unshakable. 
Do with me what you will, O world. My identity is, my God has said, I am his. Get there. Get away from, oh Lord, where's my inheritance? I wish I could have the guitar. I wish I could have the car. I wish I could have a relationship. I wish I could have steady income. I wish I could have land. And get to this, the Lord God is your inheritance. Because when you see that that is actually the deepest, most amazing blessing you can ever have far above any piece of dirt, far above any common thing, far above any blessing that you can think of, to have God himself, to be in his family, to be adopted, to be redeemed, to be regenerated, to be in Christ forever. You will never be moved. You will always have a fount to say, my identity is in my inheritance. I can tell you his name. His name is Jesus. He's for you. And he's yours forever. You know where I get that from? This list in Joshua. The Bible's cool, you guys. You want to read it.